If you would like to support the Proper Mental Podcast, you can do so by joining the Patreon community. It's £5 a month, and for that you get early access to the episodes as soon as I record them. You also get the video recordings of these episodes that aren't available anywhere else. And it also allows me to keep this podcast ad-free. I don't want to interrupt these stories to try and sell you things. I don't want advertisements to get in the way of talking about mental health. I want to keep this show independent, and the Patreon allows me to do exactly that. You can also be a part of a Patreon community that's ever-growing and expanding, and it's filled with people who are passionate about talking about mental health, about getting into these deeper conversations. And hopefully as that community grows, there'll be all other sorts of behind-the-scenes content and different things that I'll be able to offer you for your money. If that sounds like something you'd like to be involved in, there's a link in the episode notes to get to the sign-up page, or you can go to patreon.com slash propermentalpodcast. And please know that any and all support is hugely appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. Welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome to episode 151 of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Kim Davis, who is, of course, my lovely wife. And if you've been listening to this show for a little while, you might have heard this episode before. It's actually a re-release. And we recorded it and put it out in April 2021. But at that time, Kim and I were both nervous, I think, about putting our story out there. Maybe Kim a little bit more so than me. I obviously chose to get into mental health advocacy. She didn't. She was just kind of coerced into it by me, I suppose. So yeah, it felt like a big deal at the time. And I just slipped it out as a bonus episode. There was very little promotion. I think I did maybe one post. I didn't do any clips or anything like that to kind of push it. But at the time, we had a wonderful response. It's still one of the episodes that I get the most feedback from. We had a lot of messages, a lot of emails. That still happens from this episode when people kind of stumble across it. It's also one I talk about a lot. I reference it a lot. You might have heard it on other episodes. When I'm chatting to guests, it often comes up and I talk about it. But when I was poorly, when I was struggling, my mental health and my behaviour because of my mental health had a huge impact on Kim. It had a big impact on the kids. And I can't really tell my story without Kim telling her story. So I wanted to give this episode a proper release you know, an actual episode number rather than a bonus. So it's coming out alongside episode 150, which is also out today. And that's me being interviewed on the Fuller Beans podcast by Hannah Hickenbotham. So I wanted this to kind of give Kim's side of the story that I tell Hannah. When we recorded it, Proper Mental was only a few episodes in. I was still very much learning on the job. I knew very little about making audio sound nice. I didn't have particularly good equipment or headphones or anything like that. But we put the kids to bed, we put a microphone on the table, we put the kettle on and we just had a chat in our kitchen. And it's scruffy and it's loose, but it's really quite beautiful to listen back to now. And a lot came up in that conversation that neither of us were expecting, but it was really moving for me to get to hear Kim's side of the story. Fun fact for you, for episode 100, we tried to do a follow-up. It really didn't work. They felt like there was kind of nothing left to say, really. We did the same setup. We sat in the kitchen. We had a brew. We tried to have a chat. And we managed about 20 minutes before we pulled the plug on it. I think 
it was just it just felt weird it just felt forced it, yeah it was just a, a strange scenario kim and i have been together for like 15 16 years we've been married for eight of those we've got two kids together Kim is the one person on this planet that I can be 100% myself with. And that second time we tried to record, it just felt awkward. And feeling awkward with Kim was the strangest thing. It just didn't work. Like I say, it felt like there was nothing left to say about it all. Uh, This episode says it all, really. When it comes to mental health or living with a mental illness, it can really be all-consuming. And as much as the person going through it feels like they're drowning, they can also be pulling the people around them under with them. And that's what this chat is about, really. It's an insight into watching someone that you love suffer. We chat about what it's like to live with someone who's struggling. We talk about why it's important to talk. And we talk about how Kim navigated and dealt with the ups and downs of my mental health. We also talk about how my problems brought us closer together. And by nearly sort of ruining our marriage, we actually made it stronger. And it's an episode that I'm really, really proud of. And I hope you enjoy it. I don't need to put any links to Kim in the episode notes. She does not care about any of that stuff. You don't need to worry about finding her. But all the stuff to get hold of me, because I do care about that stuff. That's all in the episode notes. And if you would like to support the show by joining the Patreon community or even just to read more about it, the link to the Patreon is in the episode notes too. And this is episode 151 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Kim Davis. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. Going. Your first podcast, babe. Oh, it's nice to be here in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. It feels dead formal. We're like sat at the kitchen table, just like looking at each other. <laughs> but um, yeah, we both thought it was really, really important to do. And um, yeah, I suppose before episode seven, before my episode went out and I was humming and hiring about putting it out, I asked you to listen to it first to kind of you know almost fact check it for me I suppose but what was it like listening to that back first time around um well I'd say it was a tough listen like I was excited to listen to it because it's like an insight into your head like with your thoughts like before you do this it's more guesswork to I guess how you felt and I think until I listened to it, like the bits where you say about that day with Reese and you like what you'd plan to do, your suicide. Like I didn't know that and that was like scary. So there were things do like I knew you were struggling, but like I didn't realise that like you were at that point, you yeah, know, I yeah. found that really quite like scary. That's what I was found, found like upsetting about it. Um but it was at the same time I was really glad that I got to listen to it yeah yeah I think that goes to show like how um how you know we can even hide how bad things are you know when you live with someone and you share a life with someone you share a bed with someone and um but yeah you can still hide from them what's going on you know it just kind of that's quite scary really it's really scary I think that struck me that I think it just shows how important communication is like when you flip it to the other side like you had 
and you talked about your day out and what went through your head and you went out like I was at home with a well how old was I about a week old maybe yeah a couple of weeks old because she, she was born the 11th of December and this was before Christmas so mm. yeah, was yeah, like yeah a week maybe older um you know I was sat at home with her wondering at this point I was thought like our marriage really was in trouble you know first time I started thinking maybe I had to think about like if this was working like it was very, really stressful and there was a big build up to that point mm, it's a rough time huh? and yeah I was, I was like because obviously because I didn't know you were in that mindset you were contemplating suicide I didn't, you know I just thought our marriage is in trouble, you know, we're having problems, you know, you're not happy with us, you know, I've, I didn't realise it was because mm. you were struggling mentally, you know, well, I did, I just didn't realise how bad you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, if you don't know that it's a mental health thing, if you don't know that it's depression talking, then, of course, you're going to look at, you know, you're going to think it's, like, is it our marriage, is it, you know, of course, you're going to look at those things, like, why is he behaving so, so oddly? Yeah. Um, But I suppose we kind of get ahead of ourselves a little bit. And one thing I really felt when I was in some of my worst patches, um, I felt that it kind of changed my personality. And I think when you change your personality and start doing things differently after a while, that becomes the new normal. And I think for me, like shit had become the new normal. So even when I thought I was having a good day, maybe... I was still having a bad day. It just wasn't the worst day. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah so um, let's rewind a little bit, right? Because we've been together 13 years. So it will be 14 years this year. So we've kind of known, you've known me sort of man and boy, really. We were quite young. Yeah, we I was 18. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to, yeah, to go through that change, what, how would you, if you had to just describe me quickly, like back then when we met, so I'd have been in my early 20s then. So what, how was it, what was I like then when we first met? Um, oh, you were, you were, describe as fun. Like people, some people would be like shocked to hear it. You had like a long, long hair and a ponytail and board shorts. You looked around a bit of a surfer. You were quite laid back. You were um, always the person to like get people in the, because we met in Italy, so we worked away. You were always like the instigator of stuff. So you'd get people to do play stupid games at our lunch break or, you know, first to suggest going to a bar or, you know, you took me to my first gig, you know, you do, do a lot of travelling and yeah. gigs. You just play, yeah, yeah oh, that's sound how going. <laughs> sound amazing. Yeah, I can see why you married me. <laughs> <laughs> so when, like, so yes, just for a bit of background, me and Kim worked for a holiday company and we met abroad and we did that for years, years and years and years. And then we moved back in 2010 and we kind of moved back pretty suddenly um, and we didn't really have a plan. And we lived at my mum and dad's for a bit and we lived at Kim's mum and dad's for a bit or Kim's dad's for a bit, I should say. We'll edit that out. And um, we, uh, yeah, and then we got a little flat and then we got a house. And at this point, I think I was kind of, I was kind of doing okay, I think. I don't think I was particularly happy but because our environment had changed so much, you know, we'd yeah. gone from that, that lifestyle to a, a normal lifestyle. And I don't, I think I felt like I had to fit in a certain box. And I 
just try to crack on and make myself fit into that box. And although I kind of felt all right mentally, um, you know, I kind of feel like that might have been the start of some of the things that were to to happen, maybe. I would say so. I I think that, like, it just slowly things crept in, but we could make excuses for a lot of that stuff. You know, at first it was we've moved back to the UK, you know, you did, what, 10 years of that? Like, Mm. living this lifestyle where you're just, like, living out of a bag, travelling, doing what you want, no responsibility, you know, build that kind of thing you know it was really like fun lifestyle so then to come back to the UK it was just like oh it's just an adjustment period we'll be all right yeah, and then yeah and um, we had shit jobs didn't we when we first moved back we yeah. both did like some really crappy jobs and you know so if you've got a crappy job yeah and you feel a bit crappy you kind of like you know, yeah <laughs> that makes sense right yeah so then we were like so we first went to your lived with your mum and dad in South Wales and then we were like oh well Maybe if we move back up here, it'd be a bit different, maybe a bit more social, and that would make us feel better. Mm. And then that was, then you got your full-time job. We were at my dad's house, and then you got your job, and then it was like we made redundant, and then it was, it was an HMV. Do you remember yeah, the time? Yeah. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah I get to work in music. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and then, um, then we you got your full-time job and we got our flat the things just seemed to like they went they went quickly so it went really, from really like quickly. so we thought, oh it's just because you know we're not even dad's house and sharing and you know we just need our own space and then we got our own space and then it was like oh well it's cause, just because you know you hate your job you feel better once was it your job then mm. i don't know then so we go to the well there's always something there's always something yeah, yeah whether it was yeah somebody change you know change yeah, you had to change your job or somebody yeah. passed away or, you know, there was, was some, a reason, a reason for you why you'd be feeling yeah. down. There was... One thing I think about a lot when I think about that time as well, there was a lot of um, distraction. So there was like a real lot of external stuff going on. So I'd spend a lot of time traveling around going to football matches because you worked at weekends and I'd have like Saturdays to myself and I'd go to a lot of football mm. um, and I watched a lot of football and um a lot of music stuff and a lot of a lot of stuff i used to do a lot of clothes shopping which sounds quite bizarre now because i've got about three outfits that yeah. i wear today <laughs> but it was all um classic distraction techniques mm. it was all stuff that people do like i was drinking a lot hey and yes, you know, we, yeah you know and that's probably a whole other podcast in itself because i've knocked that on the edge but um yeah and when i used to drink it, i wasn't always great with it and I think, you know, yeah, I think I was deeply unhappy and I was self-medicating because I was unhappy, but I had no idea I was unhappy because I was doing what I thought everybody was supposed to do. You're supposed to have a job. You're supposed to not like it very much. You're supposed to go to the footy and get pissed at weekends, you know? Yeah. Um, but eventually the kind of the wheels, uh, the wheels came off. Do you remember the, the start of that? Do you remember when you started thinking like, you know like I didn't really notice until it was until Reese come along mm. that's when I like I'd notice like, even in the lead up to him being born like I'd notice maybe you know again I didn't know if it was 
you know, yeah. just stress all the situation, all stress, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was married life, you know, we got married in the... <laughs> yeah. We used to go along, what, a year after we got married, I thought, yeah. maybe this is what happens. This is why people get divorced. Yeah, like, yeah. You just get married and turn into nars. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of change, wasn't there? We moved yeah. back to the UK and, like, two years later, we had a mortgage and we were married. And a year after that, we had a kid. And a year after that, we had another one. Yeah. So there was a lot of upheaval. But yeah, it's really weird because you kind of think with mental health that there's supposed to be a, you know, I don't know, some sort of trauma or some sort of thing, but there really wasn't for me. Like, I think life just kind of crept up on me and um, yeah. Yeah, and I'd say so because like, I say like when we was bought, but at first not for a while, it was more just this is like just like a sleep, you know, that, I, that I'm feeling stressed too, you know, like, mm. you know, we're, we're both in this, we're both. So I just thought that would be like normal, new baby in the house, new parents, like, but then I think it never, like, it go away and you forget. And then, like, like you say, like, you're hulking to the, you know, like, mm. yeah, it just become, I'm trying to think, it probably just before Meg was born, I really thought, that, I think that's when I first said to me at that holiday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think there'd have been a lot of build up up to that. And then, that holiday was the, the disastrous. So I remember saying to her, well, I'm just going to take Reese and go because you really mm-hmm. didn't want to. And I think we'd been in a, the, the, you must have been down for a little bit in the run up to that. Or because I remember being like, well, I'm going anyway. We need the space, need to get away from the house, need a change. Yeah. And you were dead set on not going. And I was like, okay, well, when you come back from work, I'll take Reese and I'll go. And I think while you were on your shift, you'd, at some point you changed your mind. Mm-hmm. So, we went on that holiday and I think that's when I first said to you that you need help you're not right like you can't keep doing this you know yeah 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 and I, you know like it's mad really because there was another couple of years after that and I do think I don't believe in regrets I think everything happens for a reason um but you know I think not long after that I think I went to therapy for the first it kind of been long after that I started working with Sean and um yeah it, yeah, I didn't, and I, I started trying harder after that. I started looking, you know, I think not long after that, that's when I really started heavily getting into yoga. Yeah, and... I was going to say, like, I think that any time I brought up, because it was mentioned a few times, and that was the first, but each time you would do something, like, a little something first, it was yoga. Because I think not long after that, was that when your manager in work first sent you to therapy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I should have still grateful for that, you know, because I don't yeah, think you'd have no, been the point where you'd have done that yourself no, unless they'd noticed. But I might not have tried therapy off my own back later on. Yeah, no. I mean, I know by the time you'd, you'd got to the appointment, you were in a better, like... Yeah, I only went once. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so I feel like whether you kind of did enough to appease me, to, like, not, not just for me, but for yourself, but you did enough to make me not bring up medication again mm. so I think like at first it was yoga and then I think maybe you start to meditate it and then you um yeah more exercise more exercise yeah. you know you, you, you had your diet plans you would you'd be like researching like uh, supplements and vitamins yeah and things yeah we've done a bit of a gut health rabbit hole for a while yeah too, um, it's mad where I looked you looked, I looked into in all sorts. places everything apart from medication and you know we've actually got hopefully a really good guest coming up next month to talk about medication because um 
yeah, it's not for everyone. I would never recommend it or I'm not for it or against it, but it really worked for me, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think things had got about as bad as they were going to get. And um, that's when the only thing I had left to try was medication. That was mm. the last thing. It was Auntie Chris. Shout out Auntie Chris if you're listening. I know she listens to the podcast, but when I went home on my own for that weekend, because I was having a tough time, I just went down to mum's the night. Yeah, panicked the whole family. <laughs> they thought we were getting divorced. <laughs> Yeah. but it was yeah. a supportive decision yeah. <laughs> my suggestion I think because I was off work because I closed the business down and I and mm. I was off work for a bit and I was on the meditation course and I was really working that hard and um yeah walking and exercising and meditating and um that was really hard because it just wasn't working and do you know what like I don't think I've told you this before this is like a bit mad but I do remember driving back from one of the meditation classes and being a bit upset because I did find them quite emotionally challenging and then a couple of days later I was going down to mum's and I remember thinking like I'm going to leave home and I'll have said goodbye to you and the kids and then I'll go and see mum and dad and when I leave there I'll say goodbye to mum and dad and I said I'll have a brief window where I've said goodbye to Mm. everyone important in my life I remember thinking like you know when I drove down there I remember thinking like this would be a really good time (laughs) wow this would be a really good time. And then I spoke to Chris, shout out Auntie Chris, and she was telling me about meds. And obviously she's a nurse, you know? Yeah. And um, we talked about medication and I kind of thought, do you know what? And when I got back, that's the first thing I said to you, wasn't it? I said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I had to get you to ring the doctor, didn't I? Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember phoning for you and the, the receptionist was lovely and she asked if if you knew I was making the appointment. So, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was good. They must want to know if someone's going to get surprised with a phone call. But um, I remember you being really nervous about it. And, you know, mm. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was so just, anxious. Yeah, you really yeah. just could not do it. And I knew, I knew that it was the last thing I had to try. You know, I, knew, I really mm-hmm. felt like I'd try, other than like go to like fucking Peru and get off my head on ayahuasca. I remember you suggesting that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I do remember. See, that. I looked. I really looked everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I really. Uh, looked everywhere like I did seriously consider um psychedelics but I always thought like oh you know what if they <laughs> what if they like <laughs> help me do the other thing you know <laughs> rather than help yeah. me see see clarity what if they convince me I'm right but um yeah and I remember you phoned for me and then you put the phone down and said right the doctor's gonna phone you back this morning and if you remember I broke down eh? yeah, I had a real cry. Upset, yeah. yeah yeah I think like at that time I was still in denial and I didn't like now I'll talk to anyone about my mental health. I don't mm. care. Like it, it doesn't define me, you know? And if anything, I think I'm better for it because it's made me like really appreciate my life. It's made me really appreciate you. It's made me really appreciate the kids and being a dad. And like, I don't know. I feel like I've got it almost like, it sounds cheesy as hell, but almost like a, a second, a second chance, you know, because mm. for they're still really, really young. And for a lot of their early years, I wasn't the dad that I knew I could be or thought I was supposed to be, or I can't quite decide what sort of dad I wasn't because sometimes I was great and sometimes I wasn't, you know? So I feel like I've got a second chance and hearing you say things about, you know, 
doubting our marriage and stuff like that. Well, I feel like I've got a second chance at that as well, which is nice. So yeah, so meds like ended up being really, really important for me. Yeah. Just a missing piece of the puzzle. It was great that you you talked to figure out that made that appointment. So I went to pick up the prescription for you because I didn't want you like you know panicking or feeling any like embarrassment or just anything I thought I went and picked it up I think you're based on it even putting your mouth for you he did I literally (laughs) put it in your mouth and give you a drink of water (laughs) Uh, you're not getting out of this one (laughs) uh, it's mad yeah and then like yeah there's a couple of weeks of side effects and stuff like that but they kicked in quick a bit quicker than it says they did so I don't Mm. know if that was placebo I don't know if like all the other stuff had got to a point where it just needed that little push over the edge to start working. But God, whatever know. it was, it was like a miracle. Well, because they said, told you it'd take about two weeks. Yeah, to yeah. Feel it was a few days. It's a wasn't few it? days. Like, I'd really noticed it. I remember thinking, like, oh, he's back. Like, I'd forgotten. Like, do you say with the, like, the pressure, it kind of creeped in really slow. A little bit like, do you remember when like we both got fat? You know, and you were like, why didn't you look back on this photo and go, why didn't you tell yeah, me why I'd did gone no one tell me? I'd like I was like, I didn't notice, I really didn't. Like, do you know, it was like that, a bit like that. Yeah, you know? it was like that. I kind of just, just got used to it and used to it. And then we both got to the point where we can't take this anymore. And then, then suddenly you take this pill and I was like, it's back. This yeah. is what it was like. Yeah, and I won't so- lie, like even now I'm still waiting for like one of it wears off yeah. I still feel a little bit yeah. like walking on eggshells sometimes because you know or a bit like even now you have a normal bad mood or you know just be like oh or something I'm yeah. a bit like you know is it is it the tipping point? is it not working you know yeah. Yeah. is it worn off well I'm on a low dose so I'll <laughs> just, 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 just take two <laughs> that is a joke by the way <laughs> don't take two of your medications feel better but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is like, I still feel a bit like that. How I think the best way to describe medication for me, my own personal puzzle, mental health is a puzzle and you have to build your own puzzle. And I assume that that puzzle also changes. Mm. Um, But like for me, I kind of felt like, yeah, it was the last little bit. But then I had all these other tools because I tried all the other stuff. So now if I don't feel great, going to the gym really helps get me back to normal yeah whereas previously it wouldn't I'd feel like shit and you know you'd see everywhere oh physical exercise is great for mental health and it is and then I'd go to the gym and I'd um and I'd still feel shit and then I'd feel shit because I still felt shit and I was like why does the gym work for so many people and not for me is it because I'm broken is it because I'm fucked you know like Mm. whereas now like a a good a, a solid nap in the afternoon or a trip to the gym or, you know, popping down the beach to uh, do a little meditation or something. Mm. That works. That kind of gets me back to where I need to be, you know? Yeah. can help me think clearly. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting that you described it as me being back. It, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it really was, it was just like a light bulb moment or something clicked. Like, I just... I just was not used to you like coming downstairs in the morning and just like being happy, <laughs> you know, like you know, like being, you know, like ready for the day, really positive. Like yeah, it was, yeah. it's you know, it's, it was just yeah, we were like 
no, I was going to say fun, like you weren't fun before anything, but you know, you were you have a bit more of a like, spring to your step. Yeah. More like, yeah. yeah. I mean, pretending you're okay is really energy intensive. Yeah. It's really fucking energy intensive, but not energy like the energy you need to do a, you know, a 12 hour day or, you know, do a long run or something like that's a different, that's physical energy. That's different. I'm talking about like an emotional energy mm. and yeah, pretending everything's all right is fucking draining, you know? And even if like, even if you've got a job you hate going in and trying to pretend you don't hate it, it's fucking draining, mm. you know? And I think my energy levels were just so depleted and then I wasn't replenishing them in the right way. I was, you know, staying up late watching telly and spending too much time on my phone and, you know, sat mm. with the laptop, you know, just looking at crap. And yeah, you know, they're, they're not, you know, it wasn't positive stuff. I needed something to help me see the world in a, in a different way, I suppose. But um, yeah, so um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is probably going to be, quite difficult for us both to talk about is you mentioned there not you know still being worried that I could slide or that things could change and the effect that's have and it was something we were talking about the other week um when we were talking about having another baby because we're both quite broody yeah <laughs> and like Megan's three and a half now she's our youngest so we're at a stage now where we don't really have a little baby in the house anymore after having you know some sort of baby for a long long time and we were talking about you know if we wanted to have another baby and you know on the like the pros and cons when people discuss it you expect there to be um you know financial or you know sitting next to each other on the plane when you go on holiday or you know paying extra for stuff or you know whatever you expect that but do you remember why you said it wasn't a good idea yeah I did I didn't want to risk your mental state like you just got back to a good place and obviously your trigger is lack of sleep and the added stress of a new baby and the change mm. of our dynamic like I feel like I'm I, yes I've brewed yeah I miss a baby but I don't feel like it's enough to risk, to risk. that you yeah, know yeah, yeah. it feels like it's too big a cost like um because it would it be back to no I don't want to be back to square one again like and that's mad you know the whole idea we're doing this is to talk about like how it affects the people that you live with and I think that might be something that um you know people haven't thought of you know mm. it's like something it does like future plans so it yeah. can affect the now and it can affect the mood in the house and it can affect you know how you talk to each other and it can affect you know all these sorts of things but um yeah it like yeah it does affect the future doesn't it because you do worry you do think you yeah. know I think of that with my work sometimes you know when I'm building stuff and coming up with ideas I think oh what if this is too much what if this sends me over the edge you know it makes me mm -hmm. think if I got offered like a big contract or a big line of work you know I'd have to give it some serious thought whether it's worth the risk you have to play it quite safe yeah I think well we have to um, again, like, you know, we're trying to the aim of the podcast is be, to be relatable. So we're not telling anyone to play it safe and we're not telling anyone to take risks. We're just saying kind of, I suppose, what we have to um, consider. Yeah. And that's heavy, man, because I think that's heavy for you because you're having to maybe compromise on some stuff because of me. And it's heavy for me because I know that we're compromising on some stuff 
<laughs> because of me, you know? Yeah, like, if it feels, might feel like that, but I, and I can see why you'd feel like that. I think if it was, if like a, you know, I think loads of people get scary over babies, don't they? They think it necessarily means you really want one or it's right for you, you know, like it's, it's yeah, not the only yeah. factor so yeah. I wouldn't like put too much pressure on yourself about that like if mm. there's other you know there'd be many other reasons but I just for you to be I just don't think we could go back to the how you were before yeah. do you know like I don't think I'd make it through again to be honest no I don't, do you know what I mean like I'd, what would I do <laughs> yeah. like, what else would I would I do do you know what yeah. I mean no, like it, so when you like look back at something and you think, how on earth did we make it through that? Like, mm. you know, it's only like that you better and you look back and think, what yeah. what on earth was that all about? Yeah. Like it's why I've slowed down my therapy. So rather than go weekly, I've been going sort of monthly, six weekly. Mm. And I mean, again, talking therapy is not for everyone. It really works for me, and I'm a big, big fan of it. And I'm very lucky to have found the right therapist like pretty early on, because you know, all therapists are different. Um, but one of those reasons is I'm not quite ready to dig into that stuff yet. Yeah, you, you don't like rock your boat. Yeah, I'm just enjoying mm. like things being not even normal because I've kind of forgotten what normal is. I'm enjoying things being new. Yeah, you know, I'm enjoying this like it's all it's like a honeymoon period, but a, a normal life. You know, yeah. like even like the boring stuff, even the. You know, like the bath times and the bedtimes and the, you know, mm. all the, like, the mundane sat in front of fucking CBBs in the <laughs> half past five in the morning or whatever. You know, even that stuff's quite nice at the moment mm. because I can cope with it and I can almost sit and enjoy the fact that I can cope with it. It's um, enjoyable for me too, that, as well, because I just, it's nice not feeling guilt or if you do the early morning with the kids or I have to go to work thinking can you cope with this yeah, like it's gonna push me the edge like even if I was getting time off and you'd tag in I'd be worried thinking about it yeah, you know yeah. not that I'd ever think you know you couldn't you know but as the mum I'd have to think yeah you know yeah no of course I think that's pretty natural I used to think that sometimes if I had them like both when they're a little bit younger and they're a little bit more like fucking mental um and I'd if yeah if you were in a, a long shift and it would be like nine o'clock and I'd already had them for a couple of hours and I'd be thinking like, mm. how am I going to get through today? I just want to like curl up under the kitchen table and I, I can't, you know? Yeah. And I suppose in a way it's a good thing, isn't it? Because, you, you know, your kids Made are... you a, focus on them. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how we survived the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff like that. We both said, didn't we? Like, if we didn't have kids, it would have been really hard. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have had a a focus and a routine and a purpose and all that sort of stuff to kind of get us through these various lockdowns and shit that have been, yeah. That have been happening. Yeah. And I, I like it. It's really interesting because like I can say this now looking back, but depression made me really, really selfish. So I lived in my own head and all I thought about was either um, how much I hated myself or like how broken I was or how feeling I used to feel guilty about how I affected my behavior affected you but I'd make it about me rather than making it about you so I'd use that guilt to beat myself up with rather than do anything about it 
and try and you know make yeah, it up yeah. to you or try and change or it would just be another weapon I'd use against myself um so it does make you really really selfish so it's selfish when you're in it and then when I kind of started really working my recovery I had to be really really selfish again because you know I spent a lot like we went private for therapy and it's not cheap you know mm, and then you went and working I, yeah I've been stuff. in and out of work and you know so I closed my business you know and that I've always been like the the main earner I paid the mortgage and mm. stuff like that so I closed the business I started doing more <laughs> more expensive therapy and go into more yoga and meditation courses and mm. you know all this sort of stuff I had to be quite selfish you know I had to I remember you panicking about spending that money and I was saying to you we will find money for these therapy sessions you wouldn't not pay our gas you wouldn't not pay our lecky you wouldn't not buy food like it's just as important as all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. We can, we can do it. Mm. it. Yeah, and it, yeah, I feel like it really made me really, really selfish. And then, when you get to a place when you can kind of get past that, and you get the energy back, and you sort of start seeing life as it really is, because for me, mental health made me see the world in a way that doesn't exist. And the world was never like that. It's still the same life. I still have exactly the same you know mm. like all right i've changed a few things I've, I've changed how i navigate it but i still look the same like we still live in the same house yeah do you know what i mean it's still it's still us isn't it yeah and um yeah it, it's like being able to i lost my train of thought there a little bit but yeah you realize i suppose i've realized how like selfish i was and then to hear i've never thought of it from your perspective i've never you know the first time you told me that you were a bit worried about our marriage I, was, I never saw that I never ever never you know what I mean I yeah. wouldn't have thought that then and now I hear it and I go yeah well that makes perfect sense of course you were worried about our marriage you know your husband was like you know flying in and out of temper and you know crying on the floor in the bedroom yeah. and <laughs> yes of course you're worried about the marriage like, you know you've got the kids to think about yeah I mean there were times you would literally say to me you're not meant to be a family person you're meant to be on your own yeah. there were times you literally said that so I was Think, I remember being, when you started therapy, I I was thinking, you're going to come to realise that, mm. you know? I just thought that, you know, you'd be talking to your therapist and you would just realise that you didn't love your wife and you needed to go off and do something. I think, like, when people are struggling, when I was struggling, like they say about suicide, that people who think about suicide, they don't actually want to die. They just don't want to feel like they feel at that time and don't know how to stop or don't think it's possible to stop. It's like being trapped. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I did used to say things like that, like shocking things, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't be a dad to the kids or I'm not a family person or, you know, I think I want to take my own life or, you know, I'd say these statements. And it's like a, it's kind of like a, a cry for help, mm. but like a really misplaced one because you were already really helping me you yeah. know and so it's not it's like I didn't know what else to do and I just wanted someone it's like when you fucking trying to I don't know solve a problem and you end up on google for like seven hours or in some like mad fucking you know reddit thread to figure some shit out and you get to the end of that rabbit hole and go well that hasn't helped yeah <laughs> you know, like what do I do and it was a bit like that you know and I, I just I think I just wanted someone to get so scared I think I wanted you maybe to get so scared that you'd like 
make a really hard decision for me you know like have me sectioned or kick me out and then I could say well you know King kicked me out <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, I didn't really want to go because if I'd have wanted to go I think I would have gone like yeah. if I wanted to die I probably would have killed myself you know yeah. like it, if you want to do these things you do them don't you yeah in, like in my head I pictured it like depression being like this little devil on your shoulder like making you say these things and like act a certain way because you wanted me to kick you out like I think being the kids are a contradiction to like what you're telling yourself you know you're telling yourself you're worthless worthless you don't need we don't need you your words not mine by yeah yeah but <laughs> I don't think that's it you know <laughs> but um you know but me and the kids contradict that like why you've got a wife here that loves you you've got kids that adore you yeah, like yeah. I know you question like you, you your dad skills when they were younger but they've always adored you they've never you think of it worse in your head yeah, than it was. yeah that's fucking like that's a bit of a revelatory point yeah because you, when you when you're telling any sort of narrative you want things to back up your story mm. and if you're telling yourself you're worthless how can you have a wife that loves you if you're worthless yeah you know? like we've yeah. been contradicted in thoughts like that's been deep for you that way i know it's some clever shit i do it occurred to me i was cycling <laughs> to work the other day and that popped in my head i was thinking about it and i thought do you know what like that makes so much sense to me yeah, like yeah um you're there's is a there's um there's a term for it like it's something that people do like you always look for I can't, I can't quite remember it. That's, sorry, that's terrible podcasting. Podcast gold. But yeah, there is a term for when people do that. Like they seek out mm. things that back up this story, even though it's like the smallest thing. Yeah. And they will overlook huge things to get to that, to find the one anomaly that proves their, proves their point. Yeah. No, it's... I don't know, man. I see a difference in the kids towards me. Yeah. They, you know, can... They're like... I don't know. It also they seem to have forgiven me. It all seems to be for, forgotten. And I, you know, I wasn't like fucking like this ogre who came in and yeah, so like, <laughs> like it's weird, isn't it? Because you can't you can talk about having a better relationship with your kids, and you know, I wasn't always the best dad, but that doesn't mean I was like some fucking horrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I just want to stay for the record. And it's like, I mean, it was always all right. Do you want to make sound like you're like abusive towards or anything? Sometimes it's a great public sound. It like. sounds a bit like a that. A bit doesn't bad, it? doesn't yeah, it? But yeah, you know, they're never, ever, ever anything like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No. But yeah, I, you know, I feel like they're different towards me. No, they probably know? picked up on your energy. Like, though, because I think that, do you remember when we first had Reese and that helped us come around and we were talking to her? And she had this thing about how you know the type of mood someone's in when they enter the house. So mm. when you come home from work, before they've said anything or you've seen them, you kind of sense if they're in a good or bad mood. Yeah. It's kind of so they've probably like maybe picked up on that yeah. big sense that you're in a happier place or yeah, I, I remember saying that. And I remember like sometimes on bad days, I'd I I would try and remember that and I would try and channel on it to like put on a like a happy face rather than just a survival face but it just goes to show like you know once once mental health once these things take hold you can't even pretend to be happy it's just you're just trying to pretend to fucking just trying to get through um get through life you mm. know? so what 
what do you think is important for us now, right? So we're moving forward. So I've had a really good run now. Like we've clocked up a good like half a year yeah. of me being good. And it's not dipped. And I've had a couple of bad days. I haven't had a bad week in this patch. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of, not even full bad days. I've like, had Because you think either people without like mental health have bad days, you know? I think like I'll have a bad day, sleep it off, start the day again, you know? Like, yeah, so yeah. I think... Part of it, like you can have a bad day and not want to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit not to sixty that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? What do you think? Like for us, you know? Yeah. So I've had a really good patch. So what? What do we need to be aware of? What do you keep an eye on? What are the signs? What are the sort of things that you see in me that you think right? He needs a nap or he needs to. I can. I tend to like. I can tell by how you look. It's like. Like written all over your face. Like, I think I look different on a good do, day. Yeah, you it's look weird. Different. Like, I'm like fucking ten years older for mm, a start. And it's a bit like what you said before about the energy. You just mm. give off this vibe. Like when you're at your worst, like the atmosphere is like thick with this like what's that to call it? Tension, atmosphere, yeah, whatever mud. it was. You could just you could just sense it. You just knew like you weren't in a good place. You know. Um. But yeah, mostly you can see it on your face as well. Like, um, sometimes you, in your tone, you know, you can just, you can just tell someone sounds a bit fed up for it. Do yeah, you can yeah. just, just tell. And I think something we've got better as it's like you try your best to try and hide it and just soldier on and it's all fine. And we've got better at saying, like, just tell me now if you're in a bad place. So yeah, then yeah. I can say, yeah, I've got to tell the kids, go do some yoga or yeah, do meditate yeah. or no, go I've get got, some fresh air. We've got, I've got like, I think, once again, the communication, it just, I'll yeah. just always say how important that is yeah. in, like, anything. In it, like, weirdly, I think it's a positive because I've had to really tune into myself and then I've had to express that to you. And some of the conversations we've had in the last few months since I've been better, has definitely like improved our marriage mm. because um yeah to have those conversations because like when you you know when you said you know you weren't sure about maybe having another kid like that was really hard to hear but I wasn't I didn't I wasn't pissed off that I had to hear it mm. like you know like part of me was like oh fuck yeah that that's you know that's a I thought it was a really good point um and I really fucking love that you were brave enough to say it because you couldn't have said that to me a year ago yeah, that would have was, like that would have sent me over the edge I was just about to say it's like you're not used to me saying stuff to you like I think for years I've like held a lot in like I knew you were on the edge and you were a little push would would blow up so sometimes you're almost like picking for like yeah, a fight or yeah. something so I do a lot of just keeping it like inwards you know yeah I wouldn't yeah. say much about it you know it's, I just, su- it's surprising that that didn't affect your mental health no I mean it, it was hard like don't get me wrong I had like tough times but um it's more just worry and stress and of course we know what like the cause of mm. like why that was going on I was always just hoping it to get better you know yeah. it's a bit like a mad film where you like fucking you know you married someone and then they like I don't know swap I think you know, life moves so fast for us, didn't it? Like, you kind of, yeah, just, you know, house, married, kids, and 
as well because the kids were so young like I also had them to worry about there were times there were days where I knew you were struggling but then also so was I and I have these babies to look after too so yeah. I just didn't have it in me to worry yeah so it's time to leave you to it mm. you know yeah no it's um yeah you can't you can't carry the weight of the whole family all the time you know that's not mm. that's not your job it's not your role it's not what a marriage is but yeah I do think like now that you can say pretty much anything to me because I really respected that you said that to me about the kids like mm. I kind of like I don't know man it's nice I'm really proud to be in a marriage where we can talk to each other like that because I think a lot of people could mental health or not. I think a lot of people couldn't fucking talk to each other like that. Yeah, so that's actually that's kind of made us like stronger in a way. And in some things, I feel like I need to make up for lost time. So I've spent all these years like bringing this fog into the family and adding all this stress. And it's like right now I'm in a place where I can fucking, you know, I don't want to just go back to not even normal, but just go back to a way of living as if that didn't happen and I don't I'm, I, I don't quite know what I'm trying to say because I don't want to I don't feel like I have to make anything back to anyone mm. because it wasn't my fucking fault yeah <laughs> like, that's it and, but yeah think, go on sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was say, and because we're like sitting here talking about your mental health like specifically it makes it sound like all these years it's been horrible and tough and uh, like and of course it has but there was, there was also really good memories of course you know we made two babies, we had holidays, we've, you know. Been all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you know. It's you easy still... to think, isn't it? Like the bad um, Yeah, times. you've had a lot of guilt that you carried as well, you know. But you're always so worried about the, you doing the night feeds and the, like, looking after the kids. You, you had you seem to carry so much guilt and you try your best to help in whatever way you can. Like, some habits still, like, are still there, you know. You still cook, <laughs> you still make sure I eat, you still, hmm. <laughs> you know, you used to... I remember when Reese was first born and you'd I'd be like really upset because he's having a growth spurt and I'd be like glued to the couch feeding this baby constantly. And I think now it sounds ridiculous. You think just, just put him down and go to the toilet. Why couldn't you just do that? But I'd be like, I can't put him down. But you so you'd make sure I had me picnic and we drink and do you remember that time? Do you remember that time when Reese was really new and you got um like sorry whoever gave us the money, but someone put a card money in a car to Reese and he'd was having this gross fit and he wouldn't settle and you were like right we're going to spend his money I'm going to go around the shop I'm going to buy you a load of chocolate <laughs> yeah, yeah. spent like 20, quid on, spent 20 quid on like junk to try and get us through the night you <laughs> stayed up with me <laughs> you know you didn't go to bed you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you did amazing things too you know it's not all I, doom and gloom and some of that was my downfall really because when it was good it was still pretty good not as good as it is now uh yeah but, and I think it's know. why it took a while to realize there's that hang on there's actually a yeah. problem here it's like having a bad back you know, when your back is bad and you can't walk properly, it's all you can think about. You know, mm. or you think, how am I going to get to work? How am I going to get through the day? How am I going to cope? And then as soon as it's not bad, you know, like mm. you just, it's like you've never had a bad back. And yeah. You stop doing your fucking exercises. And, you know, like that's yeah. kind of, it's, it's that pain. I think in therapy, they call it an away from. You need a strong away from when you're in pain. But then when you're away from it, you know, it's like it never existed. So, um, so there you go. There you go. I think that's, I think that's our story. I think that's your side of it. Yeah, it's like what would I maybe like to add a bit is 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 how important it is to talk to someone because you can feel quite selfish thinking 
you know, like roll me out thinking, oh, I can't do this. And, you know, you're struggling with your mental health. And I'm like, oh, this is hard. You know, it feels like it pales in comparison a bit. So, and I remember feeling I can't talk to anyone because it's your issue. Yeah, yeah. I almost in a way wanted to protect you. Like, you know, your family don't live around here. You know, my family might naturally want to take my side mm-hmm. or, you know, like, or George. And I don't think they was because they love you to, like, you know, just what I do. I think I'm sure they'd have tried to help, but I didn't want them to yeah. worry. It was your journey yeah. kind of thing. So much of mental health and not speaking is, um, like, protecting, like, protecting the people that you love, like, not wanting people to worry. Mm. And in doing that, you just, like, eliminate so many help sources yeah. so much, you know, you just carry so much of other people's pressure. But, yeah, yeah it is. It's huge. Like, like I think about, yeah, so it felt, like, quite lonely in a way because you didn't really know where to turn but I remember speaking to some workmates about it because I thought that was safe I felt like they'd never really bump into you it didn't matter what they knew what was going on really because um and yeah so I remember one person I spoke to saying to try and get you to take medication um which is why when I first spoke to you about it I mentioned medication um and then yeah, so I think it was them. And what was nice when you took your recently took your break off work and went down to Wales, and you put your post up online saying you were closing, taking a break. What was really nice, my friend reached out. So, you know, mm. phone, only one person did, and it was my best friend, Claire. Yeah. I remember being really appreciative of that. She like called me and said, Do you want to go for a walk? And yeah, she was like, I'm here. Joe, if you need anything, it was really nice. Yeah, that to is do nice. That. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah, I, yeah, speak up, man. If yeah, you, just speak anything. Just speak. Yeah, like, yeah, it's hard. Like it's hard from like from your point of view. Like when do you intervene? Like that's such a hard decision. Who do you tell? Mm. How do you do it? Like what you know? How do you step in? And you know, depending on who's listening, if there's someone listening thinking, "Oh, I really relate to that." You know, I need to step in for my husband and my wife. Like, you just don't know how they're going to take it. Mm. You know, some people are going to be waiting, you know, waiting for, I don't know. There's times I think if you'd have stepped in, I would have been like, oh, thank you, God. And there's other times I probably would have just told you, fuck off. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's a very fine balance of knowing what to say. And I just remember that back to that Christmas incident mm. and seeing if you just needed to, the rest yeah, and like that yeah. reaction. And that kind of made me think, like again, more weary of broken. Yeah, I just didn't want to yeah. push you over the edge. I didn't, you know. It's so like there's so many layers with mental health, you know, like asking for help but not wanting it and wanting help and not asking for it. And like it's so, so, so confusing, you know. I feel I do I think for me, for us, like the more we talk about it together, the more we both understand it, the more I talk about it to other people the more I understand it even on the podcast we're chatting to all these different people and some people have experienced mental health problems and some people haven't they just work in different areas of wellness or something but um you know hearing other people talk is um the more different voices we can add to the conversation then I think it can really make a difference and yeah. people do need to speak up and that's I think we both say that isn't it if you're listening to this now if you're if you're struggling then um yeah speak to someone anyone and if you're a if you're a wife listening to this 
you know, what would you say if you're a wife listening to this and you think your husband is, is drowning and some of this is relatable, what would you say? What would you say if it was one of your friends who rang you up and said, oh, I think, you know, my other half is going through something like what Tom went through? Mm, well, I think you just got to try and get him to talk about it. I think you've just try and broach it, you know, there's... Um, hey, get him to listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, just yeah. I think it, it talk and then take action. Take action, definitely. Because that was my biggest mistake. Once I started therapy, I thought, oh, I've cracked this. And every week I'd go and sit on that settee and I'd talk mm. and I'd talk and I'd talk and I'd talk. And I think, oh, I'm going to stumble over this thing. It's going to come out. Yeah. It's going to be one thing and I'm going to realize it and everything's going to fall into place. And all I did was fucking talk. Yeah. And it was only when I started like taking action and deciding to rather than delve into my past to try and find something that wasn't there it was only when i i suppose started looking at ways of surviving the future maybe yeah. things things change uh, it's a good point that do do something anything whether meditation yoga whatever it is just just something take some sort okay, of action right? yeah you can like, look like at us now eh? think take an action like yeah it's like because it saves our family as well as your life you know yeah it saves our marriage eh? yeah. yeah here we go so i think that's our story babe yeah story all told yeah listening from the proper mental podcast please like and subscribe the space time